Heart Matters, Growing as Christians and Becoming Better Disciples of Jesus. Hello, and welcome to Heart Matters. I am your host, Yvonne Karamoko. Whether you're a regular listener or this is your first time tuning in, thank you for listening, thank you for sharing, and thank you for being committed to growing as a disciple of Jesus. I've spent some time now reflecting on a passage of scripture that I've read and heard preached many times, many ways, but as I studied it this time, I found some things that I had not ever seen before or really understood before and really felt compelled to share with you. That being said, today I want us to spend some time on the story about the man healed at the Pool of Bethesda in a teaching entitled, Remember Your Map. To paint the picture a bit before getting into our text today, we see that Jesus shows up to what is known as the Pool of Bethesda. Now, this is the place where people who are blind, lame, and paralyzed go to because they have nowhere else to go. The physicians of that time couldn't help them, their families couldn't help them, and so they had nowhere else to turn. So we see that they're gathered here because there was something special about this place. The Bible tells us that from time to time, an angel would stir the pool, and the first person to touch the water after the stirring would then be healed. While that sounds great for the one who gets healed, it leaves many others still hoping that maybe one day it would be their turn. And so this is where we pick up in the story. So turn with me to John 5. I'll be reading verses 5 through 9 in the New Living's translation. One of the men lying there had been sick for 38 years. When Jesus saw him and knew he had been ill for a long time, he asked him, Would you like to get well? I can't, sir, the man said, for I have no one to put me into the pool when the water bubbles up. Someone else always gets there ahead of me. Jesus told him, Stand up, pick up your mat, and walk. Instantly, the man was healed. He rolled up his sleeping mat and began walking. So after 38 years of being in his condition and hopelessly looking for a way to change his condition, this man is now face to face with Jesus, who asks him a very simple yet necessary question. Although it could be assumed that he is in need of healing because, well, he is at the pool of Bethesda, he's faced with a question of, do you want to be made well again? And the man, instead of giving an affirmative or negative response, really chooses to respond to this question with the reality of his condition. He's standing face to face with the one who has the power to change this condition that he's been in for 38 years. And so you would think that he would be eager and say, yes, please, can you please help me? Instead, he just replies with what many have called an excuse over the years and really just tells them why he's still there after all these years. In my time of study, I began to look at this story from a different perspective in order to understand why this man would answer this way. You see, in the long period of time that he was in his condition, I believe that Jesus wasn't the first person to ask him such an obvious question. His response led me to wonder how many before Jesus had asked him this question. It's obvious that he wants to be made well, especially given his condition as well as his location. It's really a no-brainer. So as I'm reading this, I'm thinking, 
that before this man answers Jesus, there's this moment where he considers, why would this man ask me such a question, knowing where I'm at, seeing my condition? Because realistically, if he's sitting here, of course he wants to be made well. But as I spent some more time in the story, I saw that his answer really had less to do with a lack of belief and enthusiasm for healing. After being there for so long, there must have been, at different times, someone who would come along and offer to help him, but in one way, shape, or form really could not. Someone who would promise to help him and change his situation without ever succeeding. So to him, maybe this was yet another person asking without having any real way to help him. It's obvious that he wants to be made well. And so it became evident that he was trying to communicate that the only way that he thought it could happen had not worked. And so he had lost hope. And so when Jesus asks, I'm sure the sick man's thinking, well, there's another one asking if I want to be made well. And well, since it's obvious that I want to, instead of telling him yes, maybe, just maybe, if I tell him what it would take, this guy might be different. As we see, Jesus blows this man's mind with the solution that he brings. Instead of devising up a strategy that would get him to the front of the line so that he could be the first in the water, or offer to pull an all-nighter with this guy so that no matter what time the angels stirred up the water, they would be ready, he simply just tells him, pick up your mat and walk. I'm sure after hearing those words, he might have thought, if it was that easy, I would have done it by now or at least something similar went through his mind. But because of how long he had been in his condition, he gave it a try anyways. As we all know, he is miraculously healed, not only because Jesus tells him to walk, but because he believed and obeyed. That brings us to the main focus of this podcast. Jesus tells him to get up, pick up his mat, and walk. Why did Jesus not tell him to just get up and walk? Why did he make this man pick up his mat? His mat represented the only thing that supported him, the thing that people may have even known him as, the guy on the mat at the Pool of Bethesda. The Bible doesn't even tell us his name. We just know that he is the man on the mat who Jesus healed at the Pool of Bethesda. His mat represents a reminder of the way our lives were before Jesus. As he took his first steps in 38 years, he was finally free from the mat but the mat would become his testimony. The thing that supported him after all of these years would be used to point others to Jesus. And so reading further into the story, in verse 10, we see that what brought attention to this man was the fact that he was carrying his mat on the Sabbath. Just like this man, for many of us disciples, it's often easy to accept Jesus, receive a touch from him, and forget our mats. It's easy to, after we're saved, forget where he's brought us from. For many Christians and disciples of Jesus, there's a common forgetfulness, so to speak, that we have when it comes to remembering what Jesus has brought us out of. For the same reason that this man was told to remember his mat, we should also remember our mats. We should also remember who we were before Jesus. We should remember the things that he had brought us out of and the things that he has delivered us from because those are the very things that he wants to use to lead others to him. Those are the very things that he wants to use to point others to him. 
Although the religious leaders were fussing that day, I'm sure that there were others in the crowd listening who heard and knew that it was Jesus who changed this man's condition. When they would see this man, they would remember the time that he carried his mat on the Sabbath because Jesus had healed him and told him to do so. On the same token, I believe that remembering our mat gives us the right perspective. It gives us an objective view on those who are still on their mats, those who have yet to experience Jesus like we have, or even those who have experienced him but gone astray. It gives us a perspective that changes the condition of our hearts towards them. The perspective that what Jesus has done for us, he wants to do for them. When we remember our mats, our response is a prayer for a divine encounter that leads to transformation instead of looking at what they're doing wrong and pointing the finger as the religious leaders do in the story. In the rest of the chapter, we see that he gets recognition because of the mat. The timing that Jesus chose to heal this man and his instruction all had a purpose. On any other day, him carrying that mat wouldn't have meant anything to anyone and no one would have noticed. Let's face it, a man healed at the Pool of Bethesda as a headline wouldn't have gotten any special recognition or acclamation because people got healed there all the time. The difference in this case was the way he got healed. The difference was Jesus. Jesus changes his situation and confronts this whole system all at once. Too often do we try to leave what Jesus has delivered us from behind. The out of sight, out of mind approach to our mats, whatever they may be, robs those around us from the opportunity to experience Jesus the way that we have. And at the same time, robs us of the proper perspective when looking at those who are still on their mats. And so as a disciple of Jesus, you've encountered him and you've made the best decision of your life to go ahead and follow him. But let's not let it end there. Disciples make disciples. And the way that we make disciples is by remembering our maths.